Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you guys. As we have already seen and heard together, uh, today is Palm Sunday, which marks the beginning of Holy Week. And today the church remembers Jesus riding into Jerusalem, hailed as a king in the week leading up to his death and resurrection. Now, this morning, we are going to be looking at a story in Luke's gospel that takes place right before the events of Palm Sunday. And what adds to this story's significance is that this is Jesus' last encounter before his Passion Week begins. It's the story story of Zacchaeus, the the tax collector. And in some way, this story uh, that we're about to read functions both as a summary of what Jesus has said and done in his ministry already, and it also functions as a foretaste of what King Jesus will offer to the whole world. So with that in mind, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. It's also printed in your order of worship. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is God's word given to us for our good. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful for gathering us together this morning to celebrate on this day, Palm Sunday, when we remember King Jesus, who chose to ride into Jerusalem knowing that he would suffer and die, not on a steed, but on a humble colt. Father, give us eyes to see our humble King who indeed, as Zephaniah says, is a mighty one who saves, who rejoices over us with gladness. And Father, we pray this morning, wherever we're at in our faith, wherever we find ourselves, that you would quiet us with your love, that you would change us as we hear your word. And may we see Jesus in the beauty of his face and his grace more clearly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, lately, uh, my kids have been wanting to uh, watch videos of when they were babies to reminisce about uh, those moments. And um, I realized, as we watch these videos, that as a parent, there are definitely things that I will miss about my kids being small, and there are other things that I definitely won't miss about my kids being small. Now, one thing I won't miss is having to get my kids in and out of car seats. Uh, Likely, I will never look back on my life and say, man, I wish I could relive the glory days when I had to untangle the straps of a five-point harness 
and then securely fasten all the buckles on a hysterical child who possibly can't discern my good intentions. And I remember when we were on the tail end of this and um, for our, our oldest son, Nathaniel. We ran into a snag because he would often bring um, his stuffed animals, uh, whom he called his friends, along on car rides with us. And I remember one day, he was insisting that he couldn't unbuckle himself to get out of the car. So I opened the door to figure out what was going on, and he had his arms completely full of his little friends, probably like six stuffed animals, and he didn't want to let them go to be able to unbuckle himself and free himself. Now, as you know, getting out of a five-point harness is a two-handed job, so he actually had to put every one of them down, have empty hands to be able to do it. Now, in our passage this morning, what we'll come to see is that the story of Zacchaeus is really a story about empty hands, not just for Zacchaeus, but for us as well. We will see that empty hands are the only prerequisite for inheriting the kingdom of God. So at this moment in Luke's gospel, on this spring day, Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. And he has already told his disciples that he is going there to suffer and die. And we're told that Jesus is merely passing through Jericho. Um, Luke gives us no indication that he has any intention of uh, stopping there or doing any ministry. Now the interesting thing is that as Jesus was passing through town that day, Luke tells us that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. Now, Zacchaeus isn't someone we'd naturally expect to come out to see Jesus. He was the wealthy little man that no one liked. And Luke tells us that not only is he a tax collector, but a chief tax collector, which meant that he headed up a taxation outfit with collectors who worked under him. And he made his fortune by having his collectors squeeze money out of their neighbors, padding his pockets with whatever he could get above what he actually owed to Rome. So it was through this officially sanctioned pyramid scheme that Zacchaeus became wealthy. Now one can only imagine the bitterness of his neighbors as they watched his house become more lavishly decorated, as his clothes became finer and his food richer. If there was anyone they felt justified in despising, it was Zacchaeus. And we don't know why Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus on that spring day. Perhaps he had heard that Levi, the tax collector, was now one of Jesus' followers, one of his disciples. Palestine was a small place, and so tax collectors would have naturally spent time in the same circles. And Zacchaeus might have wondered what kind of teacher could have compelled Levi to give up his profession. Or maybe Zacchaeus had heard the rumors that Jesus eats with tax collectors and sinners. And he had wondered what a righteous man who eats with people like him looks like. Now in any case, this man is determined to get a glimpse of Jesus. But Luke says that on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So what does Zacchaeus do? 
He runs ahead of the crowd like an eager fan, going to extreme measures to get a glimpse of a movie star whom he knows will not even notice him. And I can't help but think that apart from this moment, Zacchaeus probably never ran a single day in his adult life. He was a man with means, and he made other people run. And not only does he run, but he climbs a sycamore tree to see Jesus as he is about to pass by, which is about the least respectable thing that a grown man can do uh, in his culture. So here is where we find Zacchaeus this morning. Up in a tree as Jesus is about to pass by. Now Jesus is pressed on every side from people who want to see him, touch him, um, and get his attention. But to the complete astonishment of Zacchaeus and the crowd, Jesus stops under the tree, looks up, and speaks to him as if Jesus had expected him to be there the whole time. Now, I think in order to grasp the weight of this moment, we need to read it in light of the stories that Luke has already told us up to this moment. Just one chapter earlier, in Luke 18, verse 9, Jesus told a parable that was aimed at the religious leaders who were confident in their own righteousness and treated others with contempt. Jesus said, Two men went into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood up by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector would not even lift up his eyes to heaven because he knew he was a sinner. Instead, he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. And with this parable, Jesus turns his listeners' expectations upside down by saying that it was this tax collector, not the Pharisee, who went home justified before God. And now, moments later in Luke's narrative, we encounter an actual tax collector, not at prayer or beating his, his breast, but having humbled himself by running and climbing a tree like a child, all to get a glimpse of Jesus. And while his eyes are cast down with no thought that he should be noticed, Jesus, the embodiment of heaven, turns his eyes upon him. The God of the universe holds him in his gaze. Jesus must have had to shout to be heard over the commotion of the crowd. He calls out, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus doesn't hesitate for a moment in response. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, in the ancient world, a meal turned strangers into kin. They were a powerful form of social identification. And this is why the crowd 
begins grumbling, just as the elder brother grumbles in the parable of the prodigal son when the father runs to embrace his wayward brother and throws him a party. The crowd, rather than celebrating with Zacchaeus, mutter resentfully about Jesus. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Jesus has made a costly invitation. In this invitation, he has thrown in his lot with Zacchaeus. Jesus has chosen to identify with him, to yoke himself to him, and therefore to bear the disdain of the crowd on his behalf. Now, somewhere between being seen up in the tree and Jesus inviting himself over to Zacchaeus' house is a transformation. He comes, he comes down from the tree, a changed man. And we know this because even as the crowds grumble, Zacchaeus stands before Jesus and says, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. At this point, as Luke's readers, we're hearing echoes of another story. Jesus' encounter with, with the rich young ruler just two stories earlier. As you know, the rich young ruler also seeks out Jesus. And he goes to Jesus and asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus reminds this, this young ruler of, his, of the commandments, which the young ruler says that he has kept since he was a boy. And Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. And then the rich young ruler walks away sad because Luke tells us that he was extremely wealthy. Now what Jesus shines a light on is the fact that the rich young ruler's hands were already full. He couldn't open them up to receive Jesus' invitation. He was clutching tightly to whatever his wealth provided for him. Security, status, comfort, and he wasn't willing to let them go in order to experience the new life that Jesus was offering him. And yet, in contrast, Jesus doesn't have to say a single word to Zacchaeus. You know, and I think this is one of the most remarkable moments in this story. Zacchaeus just instantly and spontaneously flings open his hands in response to Jesus' offer. Jesus is offering him a place in his family, belonging in his kingdom, friendship with the king. And I think the difference between the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus is that Zacchaeus knew that he was socially and spiritually impoverished. He was reminded of his so social bankruptcy every day he went to work and he saw it in the faces of the people that he had defrauded in the marketplace. And so when Jesus offers him a place in his kingdom, Zacchaeus 
doesn't even have to offer the way, uh, weigh the offer against the other sources of security and pleasure in his life. He doesn't even have to think for a moment. He just knows that a home with Jesus is priceless in comparison with all the treasure that he has spent his life hoarding. So Zacchaeus throws open his hands and he gives his fortune away. Half of his riches to the poor and a return of four times the amount that he has defrauded anyone. Which was likely many, if not the majority of the people in the crowd that day. And what the crowd misses is the miracle before them. A camel going through the eye of a needle. The impossible happened. Rich, conniving Zacchaeus' heart had turned from stone to flesh. He had turned his back on his life to enter into friendship with Jesus. And it was exactly the thing that the rich young ruler could not do. Zacchaeus was dead and is now alive. He was lost and now he's found. He was blind and now he sees. And as one theologian observes, today I have to stay at your house becomes today salvation comes to this house. One more time, Jesus reunites a former outcast back into the true family of Abraham. And the love of Jesus creates a different kind of prodigal son in this moment. The word prodigal literally means extravagant. And in the parable, the, way, the wayward son is prodigal in that he spends his inheritance, all of it, and he that leaves his hands empty, which eventually drive him home to the Father. But what we see right here in Zacchaeus is Jesus' extravagant love creates an extravagant son who gives extravagantly with the measure that he has received. Don't you see? Zacchaeus started out in this story as a little man easily mocked. But now, it's as if Luke is shouting, look at this. Do you want to be a model citizen in the kingdom that Jesus is ushering in? You must become like Zacchaeus. Empty hands. You know, in the final verse of our passage, Luke sums up the meaning of all the stories that we have heard echoing in Zacchaeus' story and the meaning of Jesus entering into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. In verse 10, Luke says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The main theme of Luke's gospel is Jesus seeking after the least and the last and the lost. But the beautiful thing is that what we see in the story of Zacchaeus is is that the definition of who this is is way more expansive than we could have ever dreamed. It's big enough to offer welcome to Zacchaeus who has lived a life using others to prop up his own ambition. It's big enough to offer welcome to the crowd who are so busy expending their energy judging Zacchaeus that they miss 
Jesus' welcome is good news for them as well. And it's big enough to offer welcome to the crowds who flock to Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem and they're waving palm branches and calling out, Hosanna! But who, a few days later, will cry out, Crucify him! And it's big enough to offer welcome to people like me and people like you when we find that we have been trying to make our own way in this world. You see, what we see in the story is that Jesus' invitation into the family, into his kingdom, is waiting for all who are ready to open their hands to receive him, either for the first time or for the thousandth time this morning. Amen? Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.